0: You're in the right place for stories of self discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest this week is the mastermind behind the brand Boss Uncaged, the one and only S.A. Grant. We're talking about his lifelong passion for learning and his unconventional approach to building businesses. You'll hear how he got his start as a marketer, the life-changing event that inspired Boss Uncaged, and what he recommends to kids in school now. S.A. Grant is a recovering workaholic. He's the host of Boss Uncaged podcast, CEO of Cerebral 360, a design and marketing agency, and brand and growth strategist consultant at sagrant.com. SA has 21 years of experience helping aspiring business owners create strategies and tactics that consistently generate more revenue and build their online business presence. He's published eight number one best selling books, and he speaks at PodFest Global, PodFest Masterclass, and VidFest. He describes himself as a loving family man, rock climber, and novice sailor. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. The question many people are asking lately is How do I find and maintain peace of mind? With everything going on in your world and the world as a whole, staying grounded can be challenging. Yet your happiness and well being are dependent on your ability to find your center. To tap into your inner knowing. Your health and sanity are at stake here. This is where the Fuck Being Fine program for individuals and companies comes in. It's time to stop saying everything's fine when clearly your hair is on fire. You want to learn how to stay calm and grounded no matter what's going on around you? There are people who live this way, and you can be one of them. If you're intrigued by this possibility, message me at laurie at zenrabbit.com or text me at 571-317-1463. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four Letter Word. My guest today is the famous, infamous, I'm not quite sure, S.A. Grant. Welcome.
1: Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having me, for sure. Definitely, I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, me too. So let's just jump right into it and tell me, what were the beliefs and values that you were raised with? Wow, that's an interesting question. Um, I
1: mean, it's kind of, my parents were both born in the islands. I was born in the islands as well too. So obviously family comes first. Um, religion was kind of there, but it wasn't really there to a certain extent, but both my parents were seven day Adventists. And you know, obviously over the years, I've kind of pulled pulled away from, from that um, dialect. But really and truly, I think it would just kind of treat people the way you want to be treated, and and you know, and that's essentially like the best way to kind of live. But I've definitely seen hurdles come and go, even with that philosophy as well.
0: Were there were there beliefs that were instilled in you that maybe didn't serve you?
1: I think from like the business standpoint, because like my mom, she's always been a worker bee, so kind of seeing her work herself and work. I mean, even till this day, she's still is a worker bee and has that worker bee mentality. So not to knock her as a worker bee, but I knew from seeing that, that I definitely wanted more. Um, my dad, on the other hand, he had kind of the entrepreneurial hustle to a certain extent, but he never really figured out the formula and how to, you know, put things together to make it work potentially for him.
0: Okay. And so then when you were growing up and starting your own businesses, well, first of all, did you start out as an entrepreneur or did you work as an employee first?
1: So... Um, As my journey, the best way to to tell it is like I have two different degrees. I have a graphic design degree and I have a web design degree, right? So and while I was getting my graphic design degree, I had a bunch of friends that were graphic designers. I loved it. But then after I got the degree, I was like, there's got to be more. I got to go for something else. So half my friends stayed in design. And then I transitioned into web design and multimedia. And then after when I graduated, it was around the time of September 11th. So there was no jobs. And obviously I was always good with technology. But again, I was a graphic designer and a web designer. So my school that I went to they had a position for a tech. So I came in as a level 1 tech and that's how like I really got infused into video and audio and all these different things. Shortly by me about 18 months after that I got tired of babysitting everyone else that was my age cuz again I was I was just a student the year before like literally 3 months before and now I'm an employee of of the school, and I'm dealing with kids that are my age. So from there, then I definitely worked at several different companies, right? I worked at agencies. I worked at branding firms. Um, and that that's just kind of where I started, and then it evolved from there.
0: Okay, I heard a rumor that you also were a graffiti artist.
1: Yeah, but that, that was in my adolescence, so that's why I started off in Brooklyn. Um, it was just kind of... One of the things that in middle school, one of my friends, he was a graffiti artist, and he kind of put me onto it. So then, you know, I kind of just started getting black books and getting markers and getting the, you know, back then we used to get the mailing label stickers from the post office because they were free, draw our graffiti on it, and then stick it on the trains using sandpaper, etching them in glass. I was more of a tagger than per se a bomber.
0: Okay, explain those terms, please. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: a bomber is is someone that essentially is going to go out with a bunch of cans of paint late at night, and they're going to then get a piece done. Back then, we would call them fill-ins where you would do an outline, you'll fill it in and then you'll do some other colors and mix and match and you have like a done piece, right? So sometimes it may take a night, it may take multiple nights. A tagger is more so, it's just all about getting up. It's about how often, it's funny because I'm a marketer by trade and didn't realize it until later on. It's all about how many places can I get my tag? How many places can I put Boston Mm -hmm. cage or S A grant? Where can I stick it? Where can I? So that way the next day you get on the train, you get on the same train, you may see your tag again, or you may be in Manhattan versus Brooklyn. And you'd be like, hell, there goes my tag again.
0: Okay. All right. So that's where you got your start and that's what led you into studying graphic design Correct. and ultimately becoming so you were already practicing the marketing principles before you even knew that's what you were doing.
1: Pretty much. I was just, you know, I was just getting up. That's, that's what we call it as a creative arts. I was just getting up. I just wanted to get up and get up as many places as I possibly could.
0: So, uh, yeah. And then like you just have so many, the diversification of your businesses is like more than Almost anybody else I know. What talk, talk about that? Like what what inspired you to, to diversify so much? So you were working for other people, and then you decided what?
1: So while I was working for the people, I uh, got married, went through a custody divorce and I got primary full custody of my son. So that was like my first initial push to kind of start my, my company. And then on the journey, I was realizing that I was both creative and analytical and it took me a while to kind of come to terms with that. Hence why I went from graphic design to web design. And then on my journey of business, I became a travel agent. I became um, insurance agent. I got my series six license. So I, I dumped into some multiple different disciplines and facets because in my mind i was like, okay while i'm working for these different corporations and that's what i did as well I, I would literally go in for a part-time job for comcast and work there for 60 days get their systems that i needed to learn and then go somewhere else then i went to apple worked at apple for like six months got their systems understand it, and i went to another company while still working my full-time employment so i was double dipping and triple dipping building where i am right now Intentionally.
0: You went intentionally to learn what you wanted to learn in those sixty days and then move on.
1: Yeah, because even back then when I was in college, I was like looking at like these, these bills, right? I was like, okay, do I want to put another fifty thousand to get an MBA or do I want to get paid to play? So if I wanted to learn mm-hmm. prime example like scaling, right? And Comcast is a great company for scaling. So I went into their um their division to where their phone calls. I went to their, their, their call centers. And then and that's when I figured out, well, they have like a five tier system, like the call center is one, the upsell, the downsell, the cross sell, oh, you're pissed off, customer service, customer service sends them back to the other division. So that's when I first was realizing, like, okay, like, this is how a corporation really runs. This is a real system. So I was getting an MBA without paying for it.
0: How did you come up with the idea to do this? Because like you're talking about your parents didn't, weren't necessarily entrepreneurs. Like, where did you learn to think that way and to think? hey, this would be a great thing to learn and this is how I'm gonna do it.
1: When, it's weird, because when I was younger, it was kind of like I had friends, but I didn't really fit in. And as I got older and I I was becoming like college-bound, I was in college, I had a core group of friends but I was still kind of like the odd ball out. And then I realized, well, like I could be the multiple different groups of overlapping circles. And that's when I was like, okay, that's 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 my gift is that I understand multiple different principles and I could have multiple different friend groups, multiple different associations. And not everyone needs to understand me except for when I'm talking about that particular topic. So when I'm talking about graphic design, I'm with my graphic design friends. When I'm talking about business strategy and marketing, I'm with my business strategy and marketing friends. So I've kind of diversified my friend groups and have some overlap between them as well.
0: That's so cool because that's it really is a gift. Not a lot of people think that way. And I don't know a lot of people who... Excuse me. Hang on now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know a lot of people who would think, okay, I want to learn how to scale, so I'm going to go work for Comcast for uh, 60 days and learn their systems. And then I want to learn this other thing, so I'm going to go work for this other company. Like, that's just so... I I was going to say intuitive. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just so interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it was it was trial by fire, right? I mean, obviously, I didn't want to spend more money on education in that way. Like, I have no problem spending money for, like, courses and seminars or summits, but I didn't want to spend that premium of 60 grand to sit in an environment and potentially learn something that was already outdated. I wanted to kind of go into the field and get real-world experience. And, you know, obviously... The bosses in that environment, they didn't know what I was doing. They would they would give me my reviews and then mm-hmm. I would just sit there and be like, Yeah, okay, thanks. Appreciate that. And and, and then, you know, I put in my
0: resignation in sixty days and move on move on to the next thing. So I think more people are thinking that way now, but back when you were doing it, not very many people were.
1: I would like they say, were yeah. thinking
0: I need to go get my MBA, that's how I'm gonna get my education.
1: Again, for me, it was more so I, had, I wanted to kind of build an enterprise, and I was like, okay, how do – and my original company was called Cerebral Graphics, then it morphed to Cerebral Media, and then today I still own it. It's called Cerebral 360. So as I was going through these transformations, I was like, okay, we're not a graphic design company anymore, okay? We're not a media company no more. So 360 is the only thing I can kind of come up with to kind of encompass it and, you know, got the trademark and all that. So I was like, I'm going to build this massive corporation. And that's what I started working on developing. And that's why I became a travel agent. And that's why I jumped into all these other spaces because I was like, I'm missing these nuances. I'm missing these little elements, these little tips to get to the next level.
0: So talk about how did you, okay, so travel agent and insurance and graphic design, seemingly not at all related to each other. How did you choose the different areas to dive into?
1: So with the the financial side, once I realized finance was like the the end all be all to everything in our world, right? As far as like the numbers go, I was like, obviously I went to an art school. So they taught me how to press buttons. They taught me how to execute. They taught me how to be creative, which is all great things, but they didn't teach me how to do any finances. So I was like, okay, in order for me to be a good business owner, like when you sit at the table and you're offering a deal or you want to close something, you have to know what your value is. But at the same time, you have to know how to present that value to get the money that you want. And then you could be creative and be happy and and design everything. That's a, a... a separation that we have between those two environments. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go head over heels into that environment. And I had an opportunity to become an um, insurance agent. And once I realized, like, that business was essentially more of a marketing play and you can build teams. So I was, you know, at one point in time, I had about 200 agents on the East Coast underneath my branch. And I was diving deep into it, and they was traveling for events. And it's the travel agent. I was like, well, okay, all these people are traveling. We're going to events. I have the marketing. I know how to communicate with them. But let me help them out with like understanding how to travel, how to save money. And as we're going to have 50 people traveling from different states, it only makes sense that I'd be the travel agent and funnel those revenues in that way as well. Of course it does.
0: Okay. <laughs> what, else, what else did you get into? Oh, man. I'm just, just trying to think. I mean, I, I've
1: done a lot of different things, but I think collectively, probably the most interesting out of all of them was probably the insurance branch because I dove so deep into it for two years and to to the point to where I got a Series 6. It was kind of like, what the hell does a graphic designer have to do with a Series 6? And a Series 6, those that don't know, it's kind of like, it's not a Series 7, but it allows you to kind of, you know, do investments to a certain extent. I can go in and, and do 529s or 401k and I could, I could help people establish those accounts which has nothing to do with graphic design whatsoever, but it gave me the principles that I needed to understand money and understand how to manipulate the market. And, and like prime example, NFTs is a new thing, but NFTs are essentially based upon blockchain and blockchain essentially is crypto and that crypto is then based upon the economy. So it's it all rolls into each other.
0: I, I suspect I know where you're going now with, your, <laughs> with the combination of graphic design and, and um, blockchain. Oh, it makes we we could get into that in a minute. So, okay, so because the show is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word, at some point, you reached a place where you thought everything was fine and it really wasn't. Tell me that.
1: It sure as hell was not. So... From 2000 until 2018, I was on that, okay, I'm going to work my full-time job, I'm going to raise my kid, I'm going to be like the, the baseball, the basketball dad, I'm going to be part of his, his, everything that he was doing, I was doing. I was coaching, I was all that. And then at the same time, I was doing the part-time and the full-time opportunities, I burnt myself out. I was the, the prime example of burning the candlestick on both ends. So 2018, I had a stroke. And genetically, I was inclined for it. High blood pressure, I'm genetically inclined for it. But mentally, I'm like really aware and really strong. So I was like, I'm just going to push through everything. And then unfortunately, 2018 happened in October. And I had a stroke, woke up in the hospital. And I'm looking around. I saw my son, saw my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, and both my parents. And I was like, this is interesting. Well, whatever happened, at least I made it through that. And then they told me what happened, Mm -hmm. and then it was just kind of like seeing how bad it was. And I didn't realize how bad it was until they brought food for me. And I was trying to eat, and my right hand was like, food was flying everywhere. Um, They took a picture of me, and my entire right side of my face was drooping. And I had to pretty much learn how to walk within that time frame. So my goal for that week was, okay, you know what? All that shit happens, so what? What am I going to do now? And that's when I, kind of like going back to what you're saying, fine being a four-letter word, I thought everything was fine until the moment when I had the stroke.
0: How long were you in the hospital? Like when you woke up, like how long had you been
1: there? I was there a few hours. So it happened on a Sunday night. I woke up on Monday and I was like, the hell with that shit. I'm gonna get out by Friday. So I left Friday. Did you? Hell yeah, you? I left Friday. Okay. I started walking okay. the same day.
0: Yeah. That's what I was just gonna ask you because you are clearly so driven to learn how long did it take you to regain
1: so it was multiple phases. So as far as like my hands, that was interesting. So that took me like like maybe a few weeks of therapy to kind of get that hand strength back. I started walking the same day right after the surgery. So that, that Monday, they was like, you can wait till Wednesday. I was like, the hell with that. I need to get out by Friday. So I'm walking today. So I started walking around the hospital that Monday, got stronger Tuesday. Um, so by Friday of that week, they checked me out. So I like potentially I was okay to leave the hospital. But then what you don't realize about this type of thing is that there's side effects. So obviously my brain Mm -hmm. had some swelling to it. So my speech had completely slowed down. Like I'm a native New Yorker, so I'm and imagine me having a sudden draw for like, Six months 98 difference to who I am right now. so for the next six months it was just kind of like regaining my thought process again, I always think a mile a minute and then I started realizing that I had to kind of stop stop everything I was doing and just kind of like wait for my brain and my body to catch up to then have a conversation or to conclude that concept that, that usually pops in my head. and pops out that quickly. And so then there was also depression as well, which was an, another side effect that you have to deal with. So for the next central 12 months, I was fighting all those battles to kind of move forward to get to where I am right now. Were you able to run your businesses? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the beautiful part of like the Cerebral brand was kind of like, you know, I had clientele I had and everyone was kind of understanding of what was going on. So the, definitely the revenue was still there. But I needed something different. I needed to completely Mm -hmm, change. mm -hmm. And I was like, everything that I've ever done, it was kind of 2020 being hindsight. Boston Cage wouldn't exist right now if I didn't have that stroke. So that was like my wake-up moment to be like, okay, you know, I got all these different things in my mind, all these different achievements, all these different accomplishments that I've made, but it was in the wrong vehicle, the wrong vessel, so then when I hit that switch and I had to kind of rebuild and rebrand, hence essay versus Chanel grant, that's when I hit that switch. I was like, okay, I'm going to rebrand myself. I'm going to, you know, I was already a single book author at that point in time, but my next goal was like, okay, now I'm going to produce more books. So from then until now I've produced a total of eight books. And then, from then until now I've produced a podcast and an academy and, and I've done the same amount of Oomspa that I had with the original brand. I do it with this brand, but now it's all streamlined into one product, into one vision, into one brand.
0: When you had the stroke, did that, it sounds like that gave you more focus. Like, yeah, here's what I want to do as a legacy kind of thing, potentially, where before you were a little bit more scattered. And now you're like, all right, here's where it, how it all comes together.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's like with the word scattered, it, from the outside in it, it seemed to be scattered. But again, like I can show you I had all these different boards and these different schematics and drawings of all the connections to where 10 years down the road, everything would make perfect sense if I had got to that level. But until then, it seemed scattered. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: definitely agree with you as far as legacy, because when I was doing it, I was like, I was doing all these things, but I wasn't documenting the processes. And I was like, if I was to mm-hmm. die on that table right then and there... I would have left a business that was completely scattered. For My, my family couldn't really just jump in there and take it over. My, my son couldn't jump in there. He was you know younger anyway, but he couldn't jump in there and take over. Versus Boston Cage now, well, I'm documenting every single time I get on, on a podcast. I'm telling the story of my story, of how I've overachieved, and I'm telling the story of someone else. So now the documentation of these stories becomes a legacy for the next generation to achieve whatever they want to achieve.
0: Is your son following in your footsteps?
1: At times. So he's really big into like stocks for for a while there. Um, Big into like, you know, currency exchanges and and stuff like that. We took him to a couple different um, seminars just for him to kind of see what does he want to do with that. But he's 16. So he understands. He's grew up in an, in an entrepreneurial family and household. like every time he asked me for something, I always tell him to run the numbers, like, come back with the numbers, give me the equation. you know so he he's gotten in trouble in school, just to put it that way because he's always been hustling <laughs> from elementary school until high school. He's always found a way to to increase or gain
0: capital. I love it. I love it. I love hearing stories of entrepreneurs who are now raising entrepreneurs because I just think, like what would have been like? Like if you, if we were raised by entrepreneurs, like we would have had that extra leg up kind of thing. I mean, there's something to be said for learning on your own, for sure.
1: It is, but to your point, I mean, having that legacy behind you, even though it was not money, but this to see the experience, like to be mm-hmm. and and and, I, and, I, and I'm saying this not facetiously, but I think we would be competing with Elon Musk and and on that level because again, the the, the having that foresight of that legacy behind you to not make those same mistakes. Gives you enough enough opportunity to make whatever you want in that
0: lifetime, right? And it's really a how to think, like teaching them how to think differently. That's what it. That's what's so cool. Yep, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so, what are okay? So, you learned how to regain all of your faculties pretty quickly. What are you doing differently now? I mean, I know you said how you're setting up your business, but what are you doing to take care of your physical, mental? psychological health differently now than you did before? What are some of the tools that you used?
1: So there's not necessarily tools. I mean, back then I was really big into working out and and rock climbing and doing all these different things. So now like, you know, taking vacations with the family, um, you know, a couple of years ago I, I took up sailing. So anytime I get opportunity to kind of go out and sail and kind of just woo sa that's kind of where I'm at right now. But uh, to, to like as far as systems in place, it's just processes, man. Like The more processes and systems that you have, the easier things get for you. And that's something that I was developing but not executing. Now I'm definitely executing and developing at the same time. So as something new comes into mind, a new thing that I want to create and develop, I'm documenting all those processes or I'm creating systems in place so you could just simply hit a button and at least 65% of whatever needs to get done will get done for you.
0: What would you tell your, your former self, yourself in 2018 or 2017, or somebody else who is kind of in that place now to help them avoid what you went through?
1: Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like wanting to know a little bit about everything and doing it. And in reality, you have a lifetime, right? And let's say your lifetime is 70 years. There's almost impossible for you to make all those achievements yourself. So, what you're gonna have to do as early as possible, and I'm talking about like in high school, if you know that dude that's in high school right now that's like a gaming genius or he's a computer whiz, become best friends with that person. Start communicating and talking with them because eventually, within five years from graduating, you have an opportunity to hire that person to help you get to the next level. So, instead of doing it all yourself, Position yourself around like-minded people that have specialties. And it's pretty easy to recognize them if you're around them every single day in school.
0: What else? What What would you have done? Like, what, is there some way that you could have prevented that stroke from happening?
1: Uh, probably not working 22 out of 24 hours around the clock, <laughs> literally okay. day in, day out. Um, it, just, it, it just takes a toll, you know. You get to the point to, to time to where you're spinning on that wheel and you don't realize you're spinning on the wheel. You're just seeing your goals, but your goals are potentially getting farther and farther away as your health is starting to <laughs> digress. So taking right, enough time right. to kind of stop and realize and to reflect, like literally take a minute to just kind of reflect and breathe. And I think having a family helps that. I think unfortunately for me, it was kind of like I had primary custody of my son and I had no wife. So I was essentially a <laughs> single guy with a kid. So if whatever his schedule was, I was there for it. But everything outside of his schedule while he was in school or at night when he was sleeping, I just pushed myself to the brink. Versus now, you know, I, my wife would turn over and be like, dude, it, it's, it's time for you to turn off the damn lights. It's time for you to – so that extra person, that extra equivalent equal in your household makes such a drastic difference. That, that way you're not going to end up making the same mistakes. She's not going to let me make the same mistakes.
0: Are there – do you have practices, like daily practices? Um, I'm, I'm, You know, people talk about morning routines and night evening routines, but – um, do you do, do something like that? I wouldn't say necessarily it's a routine. I could tell you, like, studying all the books and all the
1: things that I've read over the years, and just trying to figure out scheduling, scheduling. So for the longest, I was like, okay, I'll wake up at 9 o'clock. And then, obviously, you know, you got to take a kid to school, so you wake up 6 o'clock. So now I'm at the point to where every day I wake up somewhere between 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning. So those opening hours it just gives me such an opportunity to kind of not even I don't even look at emails I just kind of go into whatever content I want to create for that day or checking on something that I've signed up for like a promotion or some marketing things that or an affiliate deal and I kind of get like the low-hanging fruit things that, that I know could be very fruitful out the way before nine o'clock even hits
0: what time do you go to bed?
1: So on average, now, like it's funny because I feel like I'm, I'm a drug addict. I'm hooked on like these melatonin gummies. So literally like around 8 <laughs> o'clock, I'll pop my 5 mil and like literally no matter what I'm doing, if I pop 5 mil in 15 minutes, I'm in a coma.
0: Okay. So
1: somewhere between like 9 o'clock is probably like, like my, my current bedtime versus before my current bedtime was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's like I flipped it. I used to go to bed 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Now I wake up. Three, four
0: o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's kind of like the, the, what's the word that that that's the most creative time for humans to be awake is bet- like three, four o'clock, four, three between three and five in the morning. That's when you get the most like spiritual downloads, creativity. I, I
1: totally agree. Like literally. Like, I've gotten to the point now where I do podcasts throughout the day, but if I'm thinking about, like, to your point about how wide I'm spread as far as the brand of Boston Cage – well, nine out of 10 of these ideas or concepts came to me in the early morning. Like, I'll wake up, and I'm a big listener to audiobooks, so I'm brushing my teeth. and like, People make fun of it, but I will say, like, my toothbrush literally is an Alexa device that plays the audiobook while I'm brushing my teeth. So I'm getting that information early in the morning, and then I'm taking action. As soon as I listen to that chapter, I'm like, okay, I need to do something with that. Let me take a note. Let me actively put that into my processes.
0: I love it. You're inspiring me. I am so not a morning person. But I keep hearing all these great stories, and I... Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I used to be the night owl, man. Like, literally, I think that's probably one of the best things I've ever done. And it just... You wake up refreshed, if that makes it makes sense, versus going to bed at 2 o'clock. The next day, you're kind of fighting not to wake up, but you know you have to wake up, because the world around mm-hmm. you is already up. And then by the time you wake up, it's probably like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And by the time you actually do something, it's noon, and then the day is pretty much over, versus... You get those first two hours, you get more done in those first two hours than
0: you can potentially eight hours. You mentioned listening to books and I, as part of your Facebook group, have, you have a specific book, a Facebook group for where you talk about books, right? What's, what's your, what's on your favorite list that you've recently read and what are you looking forward to reading? So many
1: different things, man. It's like, I'm at the point now where I'm trying to push out at least a book per week so I could just load my bowl and tell you exactly what I'm listening to right now. So I'm finishing up the, the launch by Jeff Walker because I'm just in that mm. phase of like... I just recently created a launch course and obviously like my philosophies of like how to do launch strategy and marketing and everything else. So just kind of like, even though you have competition, don't look at them as competition, look to see what are they communicating, what are they talking about? So if you have not launched anything or you're thinking about launching by all means, go out there and download as much information as you possibly can. Um, Jeff Walker is definitely a good example of that. Um, next in line after that book is done is going to be building a story brand by, and that's by Donald Miller. So that's like on my active list. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And that's also in my, like you were saying, the book club. So the book club, essentially, the concept behind that is every time I do an interview, I always ask the question, what books have you read? What books are you reading? And have you authored any books? And usually, I'll probably get six to eight books from that one question. And so as those books are coming in, my team, what they do, they'll go in, create the cover art, create all the stuff, and they will put it inside the book club and we're we'll associated to the episode. So, like, at this point now, I think we had, like, 400 books or something like that in, in our book club.
0: I love that question because I'm a big reader as well. I, I, I'm not getting as much time to read. Or, okay, I should put it this way. I'm not allowing myself an, as much time to read as I would like, so I need to fix that, too. Uh, but I love... I mean, yeah, books, books and music, right? Those are my two things.
1: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. I mean, and the reality is, is a lot of times you can kind of get a mix of both, right? Some, some of the new age books, they kind of play music as they're
0: speaking to you. So, yeah. So speaking of music, what is your hype song? The song that you listen to? I mean, you're, you're high energy to start with. okay? But when you need to take it up even higher, what do you listen to?
1: Turn down for what? Like, that—that that is my song, Point Blank Period by Little John. I mean, there's other songs, but when that song first came out, I was like, and then when the video came out, it sealed it for me. Like, the video translate a song that says the same word over and over again, repeatedly, but the visual representation of it is so phenomenal. It's just kind of like, your mouth hits the floor every single time you watch it and listen to it.
0: Uh, that's awesome. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes so people can see the video that you're talking about. Yeah, that song, I, you can't sit still when you're listening to that. No, you no. can't. No. Cool. So how can people, if they want to continue a conversation with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: I would say the the podcast, man, because the podcast kind of, what I've learned is some people, they want to kind of get a little nuance to who you are. So if you listen to a couple Mm -hmm. episodes, you'll know exactly who I am, right? And then obviously if you want to kind of communicate, there's a hundred different ways of communicating through the the podcast channel. So I would just say go to podcast.bostoncage.com subscribe to that and then you'll get access to me and at least at at the bottom line, you'll at least learn something from the people that I interview.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me. It was definitely fun and and I got to answer some questions that I haven't really spoke about (laughs) recently, at
0: least. I love how S.A. treats every moment as an opportunity to grow. He's like a melting pot of knowledge. Here are the key takeaways from this one. Number one, Go into any job with the intention of learning everything you can. No matter where you're working, create goals for what you'd like to learn. There is no such thing as a wasted job because you're exposed to different styles of work, different systems, and styles of management, which gives you a stronger baseline to create what works for you. Number two, you've heard it here many times. Taking care of your health is not optional or something to do when you have time. Stop and take time to reflect and breathe, literally. Working around the clock does not serve you. Skimping on sleep does not serve you. Number three, become a note taker and pay attention to the people who have already done what you're looking to do. Whether it's writing a book, creating a course, hosting seminars, or producing podcasts, Learn from the life lessons of others so you can avoid the same mistakes. And number four, making connections and networking is a crucial life skill. That's why I used to teach it. Teach it to your children and encourage them to build connections early on so they can leverage those relationships as they grow up and get into business. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend or a colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.